Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the hosts of this program do not necessarily reflect those of WHP 580 or its advertisers. Any medical advice given by the host of Medical Matters is general and is not to take the place of the advisement of your doctor. Medical Matters is broadcast live from the L.B. Smith Ford Lincoln Studios at WHP 580. Good morning and welcome to Medical Matters. I'm Kelly McCormick, nurse practitioner here with Dr. Peter Breyer on this um, chilly but pretty uh, Saturday morning here in central Pennsylvania. Um, I don't know about you, Peter, but I've had an extremely busy, busy week with um, work. But um, we we did have some time to uh, see what was out there in the news of medicine. So what yes, do you have? Uh, it's been a busy Busy, busy, stressful week, I agree. Anyway, uh, we've got good news and bad news, as usual. <laughs> uh, the good news is there may be a cure for a very devastating disease that affects 100,000 Americans, uh, sickle cell anemia, which is found mostly in our African-American population. And uh, it's a genetic disorder. Uh, when people have the... Uh, two genes, it's a recessive gene, the two genes together, they have sickle cell disease. And uh, researchers in France have developed uh, the possible cure for the disease by altering the genetic code on uh, stem cells. And what they do is they extract stem cells from the patient and they alter the genetic sequence to form a normal hemoglobin from a sickle cell hemoglobin. And, and a and sickle cell is just the way kind of that red blood sh- cell right. is shaped. Instead of being round like a normal like red a dime. blood cell, they look like sickles. <laughs> okay. They're half moon Kind of like half moon shaped. Right. And they don't carry oxygen well. And so many sickle cell patients get severe pain. They go into crisis. They have thromboses. They get heart those... failure. The shape of them kind of clump together as they're going through the the blood they vessels. Usually, many of them don't live past sixty. And actually, we made some progress treating the disease, but now we may possibly have a cure. So what they do is, after they alternate or alter the genetic sequence on the stem cells that they remove, then they give chemotherapy for three days to the. Uh, people who have the disease to knock out the bad stem cells and then they return the good ones the patient's own stem cells that are good back into the body and they've managed to cure the first patient ever with sickle cell disease in um, France at uh, Necker Children's Hospital in Paris so um, there are ongoing trials in the United States as well with the same concept And uh, this may be a major, major uh, event for many people who suffer from this horrible disease. Um, Many of them get into problems with chronic pain, narcotic use because of the excruciating pain. 
They can uh, get Damages infarcts, organs. pulmonary infarcts, lung infarcts, uh, their spleen atrophies. They can develop heart failure. Uh, and like I said, most people with sickle cell disease live somewhere between 40 to 60. They, they usually die, but they have a very difficult life in the meantime. And uh, there are some variants of sickle cell disease. There's, there's sickle C, where you have a sickle cell gene plus a hemoglobin C, which is an abnormal hemoglobin. But for some reason, that protects people against the ravages of sickle cell disease. So those people can lead normal, relatively normal lives. It's hereditary. Lives. Yes, it's definitely hereditary. There's, it's re, uh, autosomal recessive. So if someone's born with one sickle cell gene, they have what's called sickle cell trait. They usually have no symptoms unless they go into high altitudes or under some kind of unusual stress. So they those people usually lead normal lives. But if they marry somebody with the sickle cell trait, uh, one quarter of their children will have sickle cell disease. And like I said, it's an extremely common gene. It has some protective effect against malaria, which is thought to be the reason why the gene has survived all these uh, hundreds of thousands of years uh, through um, uh, evolution, uh, but uh, if they can, if this uh, is treatment works out, it doesn't even seem like it's that expensive. I mean, uh, it may be a reasonably uh, treated disease, and it may uh, be a cure. So it's a uh, really good news for sickle cell sufferers and uh, and their families. Uh, now we've got the bad news. <laughs> we'll Thanks. Kelly, so you're leaving the bad news we'll up let to Kelly me. Do the bad news. I know. So um, <clears throat> there's a study done that looks at um, colorectal cancer rates. So looking at colon cancer, rectal cancer, um, and between the different age groups, um, those kind of 55 and above, and then those are kind of at the below, the millennials and the Gen Xers. Um, and what it showed was they used um, data from the, they call it the SEER program. It's the Surveillance Epidemiology and End Results. Um, it's a government registry for cancer diagnosis, diagnoses and looked at uh, colon cancer and rectal cancer from 74 to 1974 to 2013 um, in nine areas of the United States from ages 20 and older. And what they looked at is nearly 500,000 cases and they found that the rates in the early 70s and 80s um, cancer colon cancer rates for adults increased, and then the rates for those. Um, no, the, the I think it was. He said among adults ages 50 and up increased, and the rates among 50 and under decreased. But that was in the 70s and 80s, and then from the 80s to to the 20 teens. Mm-hmm. Um, those rates have kind of changed with adults 55 and over, those rates decreasing. But then for the younger adults during that same period that the rate was in has increased. Um, 20 to 29-year-olds uh, increased by 2.4% each year and 30 to 39 by 1%. Um, so interesting to see. And you know, when you and I were talking online, you said something about maybe the guidelines may change looking at this data 
because um, mm-hmm. normally people are screened at the age of 50 should have their first screening, I guess, unless they have probably a first-degree relative who was diagnosed right. then earlier. Right. Then you go to 10 years before the index case or age 40 if you have a family history of right. uh, colon And by cancer. index case, you mean if you had maybe a parent uh, that was diagnosed yes, at age 44, relative. you would be 34. Four. Right. But if you had a a, uh, let's say your father had colon cancer at age 70, then you would start at age 40. Okay. But the screening may drop down to 40 or even 35. I don't know because the, uh, I, I believe what it said was the, the rates, the colon cancer rates in millennials and Gen Xers, whatever they are, I don't, uh-huh. I, I'm still not quite sure what a Gen Xer is. Uh, <laughs> Well, Google it maybe during the break. Our, maybe our producer would know what, what, a, what a Gen Xer versus a millennial is. Yeah, maybe maybe Lewis can help us with that. Do you know Lewis? We just know we're baby boomers. I, I definitely know what a millennial is, but a Gen Xer? I'm, I'm thinking it's it's anyone born in the maybe the early 2000s, perhaps. Oh, okay. this, this smartphone generation. Not that I'm not part of that, but... <laughs> Millennials, I want to say, Are probably late 80s, and 30s. early 90s. Okay. We'll Google it but during anyway, break. <laughs> the rates in younger people <laughs> are, I believe they've tripled uh, since the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, why is this happening? Uh, nobody really knows. Right. It's speculated that diet is lifestyle the factors. lifestyle and diet is the culprit or maybe... Yeah, what you eat, you are what yep. you eat, and and o- obesity and obesity, physical activity and and less fiber physical activity consumption. So it'll be interesting to see how things change, and certainly um, in the world of the research, and maybe you know, of course, we we fuss with the U.S. Preventive Task Force, and they all, of course look at a lot of data and studies, and then make recommendations. So maybe this is one that. Um, they will then kind of take this information um, from the SEER uh, program and then look at look back at studies and, and kind of get a sense of um, maybe some recommendations regarding colonoscopy. Because, of course, I think they have a lot to do with, you know, the, the making recommendations about our screenings and, and that kind of thing. Well, Certainly thing- with the PSA and you know, mammography and, and all of that. One thing it's changed in my uh, practice, I am now doing rectal examinations on people 30 years and older. I used to go 40, 35, 40. Now I'm going down to 30. Uh, the youngest person I've ever seen with colon cancer was 24 years old. The youngest person I've ever seen with breast cancer was 18 years old. So these cancers, although very, very rare, can affect younger people, and usually there's a delay in diagnosis because who would expect a 24-year-old? Right, a 24-year-old with some rectal bleeding. I mean, 99 times out of 100 or more will be, be hemorrhoids or fissure or something benign. But uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to. Be more aggressive diagnosing younger people, I think. And uh, so it's going to be a change and probably a change in recommendations, I would think. All right. Well, we're up against a break. Callers, hang on. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Medical Matters on WHP 580. 
And we are back. And then during break, we found out uh, Lewis, our producer, looked up um, <laughs> the Gen Xers and the Millennials. So, millennial, well, I'm a baby boomer because I am the. And, and I'm a baby and boomer. And I'm the end of the baby I'm boomers. I'm the beginning <laughs> of the baby boomers. <laughs> so. Not the, and then, not the ultimate, ultimate end. Ultimate <laughs> beginning, but I'm near the beginning. I'm like at the end. Because I think it goes to 64. It. And then the Gen Xers come after the baby boomers, and those are the mid '60s, like '65 to to the early '80s. That's and Gen Xers. Those are Gen Xers, and then right. millennials are '82 to 2002. And what so, comes after that? I don't know. It's got to be something techno, they something no because name. all those kids can. I mean, I'm amazed at how well my, you know, almost three year old uh, grandchildren can. Navigate an iPad and <laughs> all of that. They're better it's just, than you. Oh, are. I know it's amazing. But anyway, so enough about us. Um, let's go to the phones because we have Al who has just been patiently waiting. Hi, Al. Good morning. Where have hey, you Al. been? We've, We've missed, missed you. you. I I know that. I know that. But uh, let me tell you, uh, I'm 87 years old, and uh, I got the flu real bad that I was in ICU for. Almost three weeks. Oh my! I can't believe I, I can't believe I survived it. I got I got a quarter heart, and I got a defibrillator. Yet uh, I got there just in time because I heard him writing my obituary, and I said, "Wait a minute, I'm not dead yet." So <laughs> now, Al, did you have a flu shot this year? I did not. I'll tell you why, Doctor. Okay. 1982 or 83, I'm sure you recall, there was a big all over America. The swine flu was here. Right. Everybody must get their shot. Yeah. If you recall that, I took the shot and I was sick for a month. I said never again. So I didn't have a flu shot this time. So, How did I survive? <laughs> well, for next year, uh, they purified the flu shot, and it is a lot better. You might consider it next year. Of course, it's up to you to decide. Uh, also, uh, the flu shot this year was not a hundred percent effective. We've seen a lot of people who got cases. the flu who did have the flu shot, so uh, you might have gotten uh, it anyway. All I can say is I, I go to the Miracle Center, and that's that's, that's Hershey. <laughs> Hershey Miracle Center? Yeah, the Miracle Center. That's I call right. it They saved my life three times now. Well, you're, you're on a roll. <laughs> I'm a, well, I, I think I'm a cat, so I still yeah. got about six to go. Hopefully. But, uh, well, we are glad you're doing better. Well, I was there for two weeks, and I was at a rehab for two weeks, so mm-hmm. I'm like new now. Unbelievable. All Do you right. remember your whole stay, Al, or did you, or have you, are there some days that you don't remember? What's that, sir? Are there some days you don't remember from your hospitalization, or do you recall everything from your hospitalization? Well, I don't, re- I don't recall, because uh, I was in a bad condition. I don't remember yeah. the first six, seven hours. That's all I don't That's remember. All. Other than okay. that, I don't remember everything. Because okay. it's very common when you're so, in ICU to forget a lot right. of what happened. And so when you were in the ICU, did they ever have to put a breathing tube down you and put you on a, a ventilator to help you get better? Not at all. So wow. uh, they had to come in with masks. I didn't. So they were, they were the ones that were sick, not me. <laughs> well, they, they came in because they didn't want to get your flu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's amazing. They did a good job over there. Yeah. So. Good. There's also uh, another virus called respiratory syncytial virus that's been acting like the flu and causing a lot of respiratory uh, okay. problems in people. And there's 
There is no vaccine for that particular problem. I don't go nowhere. I stay home 90% of the time. I mean. Well, you had to pick it up somewhere. Yep. Well, you know what I tell everybody? I opened a door the other morning and something hit me square in the face. I thought maybe that was a flu hit me. <laughs> it was, it was uh, going around, you know, in the air. Yeah. I don't know. You must have touched something or, or been or, around somebody or been enough around to somebody sneeze or cough that, at that you. That sneezed or coughed or. Yeah, but I'll bet you there's not too many people at my age that actually survive it. I, I, that's all I think. You know, I, that's with modern my, healthcare, I would say most people survive the flu yeah. these days. But even uh, without even without the flu shot. Yes, even oh, without okay, the flu well. shot. Of course, but, there is a, a treatment. You know, if you're developing symptoms of the flu, you've been around somebody with the flu, you can take Tamiflu to uh-huh. uh, for prophylaxis. In other words, if you're expo- if you know you're exposed to the flu, or let's say you're a patient in a nursing home where there's flu. You can be given Tamiflu to try to prevent the flu. Right. Or if you develop acute symptoms. flu, you would also be given Tamiflu at a different dose. Uh, they won't take that have now, too. I did have my pneumonia shot, and I won't, I won't, I won't take the uh, shingles shot because I just put new shingles on my roof, so I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks oh, for calling. Thanks, we Al. missed you. We missed you. I'm glad question. you got better. Take care. Yeah, one more question. Sure. I take vitamin D. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a million companies make them. Is there any? Do you think there's any difference between one company or not, or the other? Basically, all the same. Do you have any idea? I think they're basically all the same. But I use uh, Nature's Health. Nature yeah. or Nature's Health. Nature's Health. Vitamin yeah, that's D3. To be one of the better ones. Pills. Yeah, yeah. they seem to be uh, have good quality control. From what I can see. I take one of those. I take a zinc tablet a day, and I take a still softener. So yeah. I got it all made. That zinc right. didn't prevent it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, good, take good care, to hear Al. From Thanks you. for calling. I, so uh, interesting, because I think at the hospital, I've seen a lot of patients, and certainly ones, you know, frail, elderly, um, with who have been tested for the flu, and I've seen a lot of flu at the hospital. People have tested um, positive, I think mostly for Influenza A, a. I think A. a. And, yes. um, and they've been vaccinated. Many people who have been vaccinated have gotten the flu right. this year. But So I think it will be coming out in the next few months how successful the flu shot was this year. Yeah. Last year it was only 17% successful. So, so I would it, hope it was more yeah. successful this year, but... We seem to have a worse flu epidemic this year than we had last yeah, year. High, high activity, um, multiple deaths. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been been quite the uh, thing. But um, let's let's go to the phones and uh, we have uh, hello, Mayor. Hi, folks. How you doing? Good. How, how, are, how are you? Are you? You guys always have twenty five subjects I want to talk about. I was well, going to start with stem cell, but anyway, I wanted to tell you that down here in our area, the people that associate with the kids in school all seem to get the flu. I'm talking about the school, the drivers for the school buses, uh, the teachers, and that sort of thing. And I guess it's just a place where you're with a lot of people all day, and you come down with the flu. Yeah, well, small children are like petri dishes; they don't wash their little, hands. Little human either. walking pet, they, petri dishes. They, yes, uh, they wipe their noses with their hands. They touch things. They don't wash their hands. So cough I and mean, sneeze without covering. That's where, in fact, some people feel like if you could vaccinate school children. You might prevent flu epidemics. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Because that's where they think most of the spread is in the I agree. The Another thing for Al, by the way, uh, I know this wouldn't affect the flu, but we chew vitamin C tabs. If we start getting a sore throat or anything, take a lot of vitamin C, and they seems like it cures it for us. Well, that's uh, controversial. It's been uh, hasn't been shown to be a benefit when they did double blind control studies, but a lot of people believe in vitamin C. Okay. So, uh, and then Dr. the other Spock thing is, I lost my roommate from my roommate's wife from Penn State. Uh, she came down with, um, let me see if I get this right, multiple myeloma. Mm-hmm. And she was a state worker high in the state government up there in Harrisburg. And she had all the best health care possible, stem cell and all that. And she died in her 60s, and they couldn't reverse it. Yeah, well, multiple myeloma is a very serious and uh, often deadly disease of the bone marrow where you produce abnormal cells. plasma cells, they're called. That, uh, And plasma cells are the... Uh, cells that make proteins that fight disease. So these uh, pl- abnormal plasma cells grow like cancer cells, and they make abnormal proteins that don't fight disease. And uh, so multiple myeloma can be a very serious disease. Now, we have made a lot of progress against it in the last few years, and in many cases we can stretch out remissions for years. Uh, cures are much more difficult to come by, although there are some cures with chemotherapy, but we are making a lot of progress against it. But of course, like anything, uh, like breast cancer, where we've made a lot of progress and most people do well, there's a small part of the population that does doesn't do well and, and dies from the disease. So we're making progress, though, against it. Okay, and then so. finally, I don't want to take all of your time, but being a mayor, you know, we go through all the stuff with the Narcan and the epidemic with the drugs and all. Yes. And I did talk before about Littlestown, Adams County, and how many people in Adams County are dying every year. And I heard a talk show out of Frederick, and the chief down there said that last year, 15 people died of the overdose, and this year it's 165. Wow. Holy mackerel. I'm sorry, that was 2016 was 165. Wow. 2015 was uh, 15 people. Well, I hope that reverses because it seems like we might be making some progress against the uh, scourge of uh, heroin. And actually, a lot of it's not heroin, a lot of it's fentanyl. uh, Yeah, I asked our chief what he uses. Of course, he showed us the the Narcan. I I know the use of prescription drugs and uh, physicians prescribing them uh, too much has gone way down. So I'm hoping to see some reversal in the epidemic. The problem is that people on uh, pain medications who, sh- who got too much, then if they're cut off, they, they've been turning to this heroin, fentanyl 
Right, to, street, uh, to the street drugs, for to drugs. To the street drugs, and they are cheap on the street. Well, you're so, right, because uh, they were saying that, like, OxyContin for the pain is $30 a pill, and this is what I was told, and you can buy a bag of this heroin for 5 bucks. Right. It's true. And where is it coming from? How is it getting in? That's the question I have. How is it getting in so easily? Uh, I, I can't understand it. Yep. Well, we are up against our break. Thanks for your call, Mayor. Mayor. But thanks yeah, for calling. We love hearing from you. And uh, have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. All right. We're up against a break. Um, thanks for so listening to Medical Matters on WHP 580. We have some callers, so if okay. they hang on and wait and we for us. we're going to mention about Pinnacle Health and yep. what's so going on Yep. So when we there. come back, uh, you're listening to Medical Matters on WHP 580. All right, Peter, and we're back. So let's go to Della. Hello, Della. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Hey, I'm one of your young baby boomers. Oh, baby right. 46. That was a good year. <laughs> you were born in 46? Yep, I was born in so, 19. Uh, well, in fact, tomorrow's my birthday. I'll be 71. So Happy you're an birthday. Early boom, uh, baby boomer. Happy birthday. Yep, I'm trying to keep this body young and keep myself my mind young. All right, yeah. so I'm a March baby, too. Oh, what? So what, what I'm you? on the 10th. Oh, so. my goodness. Yeah. I, you know, my grandson's on the 22nd, my cousin's on the 15th, my brother's on the 2nd. I mean, we're, there's a lot of Pisces oh, running yes. around out there. Bless our hearts. Yeah, right? we have quite a few in, in my family, too, that are March. So. Wow, that's great. <laughs> it's a good month. I'm telling you. And 46 was a good year. All right. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was better than 45 or 44, I'm sure. No, I'm sure they're good years, too. Bless them. Well, thank God the world was saved then. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. We've seen a lot in our lifetime. But, hey, I had, um, last October, I was doing yard work. Mm -hmm. And I tore my meniscus in three places. So I... I um, can feel your pain. Yeah, I had surgery done, laser surgery, and I'm, you know, the doctor told me not to do any exercises, you know, give it a month or two, which I did wait until the uh, end of January, went back to the gym. Just I just do light weights and, <clears throat> you know, to keep myself toned and keep my inner core strengthened. So she put me on the bike. I had problems because my knee would swell up and it would ache a little bit. And so I do now on the treadmill, but I do slow walking for like 20 minutes or 25 minutes. But the problem is I'm still having discomfort in that, and I'm still having a little bit of a hard time going up and down the steps. I mean, I really have to hold on to that railing. Is that normal to still have swelling during this time? Because I notice if I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go and I'll put my feet up on a pillow, and then I'll put ice on it, and then I'm fine. I can sleep. There's no throbbing, but it just... Just, just like a little bit of a toothache here and there. Is that normal? Now, how long did, did you, after the surgery? Yeah, how long ago did you have your surgery? I had the surgery November the 18th. Okay. So, I mean, I can tell you I also had meniscus surgery mm -hmm. in um, October, mm -hmm. um, mid, 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 like the 20th or 22nd, something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think for me, I think I've experienced a lot of the same things you have. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably over the last two weeks, I've, because I had my surgery probably maybe three weeks before you did, two to three weeks. And I'd say for me over the last two weeks, I've noticed like a significant difference and change in thinking, Oh, this is this. My knee feels pretty good today. I think the one thing I still am having trouble with is like when I've been going to some yoga classes. So mm -hmm. like on my knee pressure on my knee, like in like kneeling or in some of the poses, right. um, is still uncomfortable. 
but um, I certainly have seen a decrease in my swelling over the last couple of weeks, and my I feel like my range of motion is better. And I did, you know, I was telling Brett about it maybe a, a week or so ago. Well, it was probably a couple of weeks ago because I've seen him in a couple of weeks. So, and he said sometimes it can take several months, um, six, eight, right. nine months take to, six months or more to get back to even feeling normal, maybe even a year. Right. And the, you had arthroscopic surgery, I assume. and I had um, arthroscopic, yes. Yeah, right. there were three places he had to go in. Right. And arthroscopic surgery is usually pretty good for meniscus disease. Now, when it's done for arthritis, it's not doesn't seem as as successful. But uh, I would give it a little more time. Talk to your surgeon to see if there's anything else. Yeah, I just you, can do. you know you know how it is. You, you you think it's not that invasive because you know they're not slicing you open. Right. So you assume in your brain. Oh, you know, I'm this is going to be great. You know, it's going to heal fast. And <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like. I got two flights of steps that go up and down from the basement to the second floor. That's a lot. And I've been using my good knee to do the going up and just dragging the one behind me. But mm-hmm. now this one, the Be good one. Be careful with your good knee because you can injure that too. Yeah, she's starting to, you know, give me some problem, and she's yeah. saying, "Hey, enough is enough." Are you babe. getting? Are you still getting physical therapy? Or no, I had no physical therapy. Me, I was. Me you know, Doing stuff at home, like they said, you know, do the knee back and forth and 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 stuff like that, and uh, walking around, and you mm-hmm. know, I thank God. I mean, I have a very high tolerance for pain. I took no pain right. medication, so um, well, it might be worth your while to uh, have a few sessions with a physical therapist to try to get some good exercises for your knee done and to have maybe it evaluated just to follow that up with way. Their surgeon to just and kind of review. talk to your surgeon about it. Yeah, you because know. I did call their office and she said. Well, you just have to give it time. You know, I, I called, it was uh, like the mid-January, and she said, oh, you just have to give it time. And I thought, okay, because I wanted to get back into doing some exercises. Yep. Right. I, I, I think that, a, and I think that's hard for patients, you know, because I look at, you know, even though I've been a nurse for a long time, I'm not an orthopedic person. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and... So, you know, I think as a patient, you know, what define what is give it a little more time. You know, I'm look at it as define what is give a little more time. Does that mean give it a little more time two to three weeks or does give it a little more time mean two to three more months? Yeah. And I think for me, sometimes I need that defined me by too. the provider. If he would have said, hey, this is going to take you six months to totally heal. You, you know, then you can span yourself out and you say, oh, okay, you know, I, then, I, I now I, I realize. Instead right. of saying, oh, you know, you'll be back to normal within a month or two. And it's like, no, I'm not back to normal right. a month or two. <laughs> and I think, you know, I don't know if it's just kind of just not that thought. They're, the providers are so busy and they do so many of them and they just assume that people know. And then so maybe maybe if any of the orthopods or any of the orthopedic, you know, staff is listening that, you know, they need to define for patients mm-hmm. what is you'll you know give it a little time what does that specifically mean right because if i realized that it's they it was you know it could take up to six seven eight nine months to get back to feeling normal then i would be like okay right um you would then with then i would know what my expectation is right (laughs) like i said if you're in your 20s and 30s yes you might bounce back really fast but you know they should say hey if you're over the age of 65 you know expect it to you know be a little bit longer for you to to do the healing process and and on top of it i know i'm, I'm a type 2 diabetic so maybe that maybe will have a little problem with it but you know well, I just, what i was going to say was there's a great variability i think we lost our caller but i can't hear her but 
Am I on? Yes, you are. Uh, there's a great variability in response to this kind of surgery. And some people get immediate relief. Other people may take six months to a year to uh, really experience complete relief. On the other hand, uh, if it's gone three, four months, I, w- I would consider going back to the surgeon and at least talking to him and seeing what to expect. Right. And I, and the other thing I think I would add, too, is and there might, maybe there's a difference between somebody who has, you know, I had two tears. She had three tears. You know, maybe the extent of the damage has something to do to it as well as, you know, one tear versus two tears versus three tears. Um, right. And maybe that has something to do and, with it. And arthroscopic knee surgery is um, somewhat controversial in some cases. I think it's generally accepted for meniscus problems when it's done for arthritis it doesn't seem really to do a whole lot of good in many people although i've heard some cases where it did so there's always exceptions to every rule all right well we're up against a break we have some callers if you hang on patiently we'll get back we'll get with you as soon as we come back from the break you're listening to medical matters on whp 580 and we're back and let's go to the phones we have neil hi neil good morning hello how are you Fine. I love your show. Thanks. Hey, uh, two quick questions. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a short question before my main call. Okay. Uh, went to the gym the other day, and I was, you know, saw some of these big weights that I haven't done in, in years, and I decided to try one, and I think I pulled them off. Bad How mistake, long? Neil. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking, Neil? <laughs> Well, I, I, I did, comp- you know, uh, I did reps building up to it. I started like 25, 30, 35. When I hit the 40 on the, on the press, it just, I felt a little something. I stopped. So how long would it take? I have the range of motion. It was really stiff the next few days. Well, so how I long tell, would it take before I could start something light? I always tell people to start low and go slow. So if you're hurting right now, I would wait until your pain's gone. No, the pain's gone. Okay, well, I'd wait a couple of weeks and then restart, but I'd go start low, like I said. I learned my lesson. Yeah, I'd just uh, go a little slower, because famously, uh, Brett DeLone, Uh he uh, went on a trampoline that he hadn't been on for 40 years and for an hour, and he wrenched his back, and he could barely walk, so it's it's better to be careful, you know? Okay. When when you haven't done something for a while. Yeah, I I just didn't want to you know, exacerbate anything. So I'm waiting until I, I have a good range of motion and it's not in any pain. Right. I received uh, something in the mail. It was a uh, flyer, Lifeline Screening. Mm-hmm. They, they do an ultrasound screening. It's uh, four, you get a carotid artery screening, heart rhythmia screening for atrial fib, a AAA and a peripheral artery screening. Mm-hmm. And how much so are they charging? 135 Okay. Well, I mean, is, is is that effective? I mean, can they actually... It is effective. It? It's not covered by insurance. It, The thing is, all those tests are covered by insurance if you have a symptom. I don't. Or uh, a screening uh, for aortic aneurysm is covered by Medicare once in your life after you're 65. But, but Neil as doesn't a screening sound like procedure. he's Medicare age. How old are you, Neil, can I ask? 67. Okay. 67. Oh, wow. So your Medicare age. Yeah, you sound so you young. Could, you could have an uh, abdominal ultrasound and screen you for an aneurysm, uh, you know, for free. It's, it's covered by Medicare if you smoked four cigarettes in your lifetime or something. And uh, the other tests... Uh, 
Do they ever occasionally yield something of worth? Yes, but the yield is very low. So generally, if you're healthy and you have a good physical exam and you're, you know, you're feeling good, you don't have any bruise or abnormal sounds, your heart sounds good, you know, it, it may not heart be worth your while. Heart sounds good, pressure's good. But no on the other hand, it may make you feel better to know you're normal, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I think so the I, question I is, do you I want to spend the $139? Yeah, or what the effectiveness was, or if they could no, actually be. No, they're effective. I mean, they, they are, uh, they seem to be of decent quality, and they may yield some useful information. And on occasion, they do spot something, but it's very rare that they do, because mostly, if you're sick, you're going to get these tests covered by your insurance. If you're not um, sick, the yield is very low. I'm I'm not sick. And do you right. have any, uh, you know, I think risk the question factors. is, do you have any risk factors or, I mean, it sounds like obviously you exercise, you know, do you smoke? How's your diet? How's your weight? You know, a lot uh, of things. Any I'm, family I'm history of I'm aneurysm? I'm reducing spinach and kale salads now. Uh, I don't drink, don't smoke, go to bed More early. More power to you. I don't yeah. know then how I, you I, eat those I, I, I mean, I would say probably <laughs> save your $139 and use it on something else. That's but, probably what I would say, too. But <laughs> on the other hand, you never know, you know. If you got an extra $139, then, you know, you go it, at yeah. it. But like I said, usually those tests are done when somebody has a symptom or an abnormal finding on physical examination. So well, okay. thanks for your call. We appreciate thanks, it. And love the show. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Thanks Bye. for listening. And then let's see let's see if we can get Gene in because we have about a minute yep. and a half or two minutes. Hi, Gene. Hello. Hi. Uh, perhaps you could comment on uh, a situation we're in with a friend. She's in her 80s. She had a uh, partial hip replacement uh, recently. She uh, had, did a great job at Holy Spirit. She went to uh, Health South uh, for the treatments she would need uh, for, and the therapy and so forth. Uh, what is troubling is uh, she she had her right hip uh, operated on, and she has considerable swelling in that leg. And our our concern, and we haven't been told anything about the scheduling, but our concern is they may uh, move her out of there and uh, and send her home, which which. Un- in her condition, she's extremely weak, can't even get in and out of a car. She's had a series of health issues uh, uh, well, recently. She's, uh, so. She may – Health South is acute rehab, and uh, they give very intensive rehab. Now, if you if she's not able to be independent at home and, hasn't, and doesn't have enough help at home, she might go to a subacute unit. For a while, where they can continue to give her physical therapy uh, to try to get her to be more independent. Uh, So there is a step down that would still be covered by uh, most insurances called subacute care. Oh, great. And we're we're close friends. Now, her her daughter would be the one who would have more, uh, you know, influence. At HealthSouth, they have a discharge planner um, coordinator who. tries to manage the uh, the discharges and would help you find a suitable place for it. You can also Great. talk to the physicians. I, I must there. say, though, the treatment, the care has been absolutely Gee. outstanding. Well, Thanks for your call, Gene. Yeah, we're, Gene up we're up against the, against the, the break. Show, but yes. Thank you for calling. Call back next week. Thank, we can thank talk you more. so much. Thank you. Have a great and healthy, you. happy weekend, you. everyone. Thanks for listening to Medical Matters. Stay tuned for The Plant Doctor next.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.